Oh, good day. Good day. Tonight we got the Bill Michaels huddle coming up 6 to 8. A lot of football chatter. Today, good stuff. Talking about all kinds of things. Whether or not Joe Barry should or should not be uh, renewed at the end of the season. The defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. That's going to be interesting because uh, the defense has not been necessarily the problem this season like it has been in the past. So, that to get to. And then we talked uh, a lot early on. Uh, about this season and where it's ending up because the Green Bay Packers, if the season ended today, as they say, the Packers would then be in and they'd be into the postseason after such an incredibly dismal start to the season. Joining us on the hotlines, our buddy Mark Schofield, SB Nation, joining us. Mark, how you doing? Another week, NFL football, some good matchups this weekend as well. Some really good matchups this week, Bill, and it is great to be back with you. Always excited to chop it up each Wednesday. And you're right, we've got... As the season winds down, obviously the games take on a little bit more importance, but we've got some incredible games this week on the docket. So really excited to, to start talking about these games. So first and foremost, obviously the Green Bay Packers. Let's go back to that. They get a win over Kansas City. You and I both thought that was going to be an incredibly tough task, and instead they made it, I'm not going to say made it look easy, but, but they did it with a lot more verve and vigor than I thought they could. Give me your impression of Green Bay right now. It was an extremely impressive win, and – this has been an extremely impressive stretch of football from this team. And I, I think there's a lot of different directions. We can take the conversation from there, but this was a statement kind of win because we talked last week, you know, did the Packers have to win this game? And sort of where we came down on it was no, they had to play well. They had to, as I said last week, keep this as sort of a one score game. And I brought up a comparison, sort of that 2001 game. It was a Sunday night game as well between the Patriots and the Rams, when the Patriots were sort of figuring out where they were as a team and they held the Rams to just uh, a one score loss. And they came out of that game believing, Hey, we can, we can play it. So that's what I said. I said, that was sort of the, the benchmark. If you, you know, have this game Sunday night against the Kansas city chiefs, a team that we expect to make another deep playoff run, a team that's coming off another Super Bowl, And even if you lose, but you play well and it's sort of a one score loss, that's a jumping block kind of game. And said they won. And so it was a massive effort from this team. And now, you know, you mentioned that they're in. As of right now, you look at their schedule coming up. It's a favorable schedule. This was the big test. They won it. And it's an even bigger springboard having won that game than it could have been, even if it was just a one-score loss. Yeah, 67% now to to actually make the postseason. Now, I, I mean, to most Packers fans, it's just getting there, which would be great because most likely they're going to end up facing either Philadelphia or San Francisco, which is a whole other discussion. But with five games remaining and all of them against teams that they should be favored against, maybe they're not favored going into U.S. Bank Stadium, depending on what the Vikings do. But for the most part, they should be favored in all of these games coming up. They have the easiest way to the postseason right now out of any other NFL team when it comes to schedule. So I I agree with you. Now, we've got stuff all over because you got the Vikings that are trying to stay within this thing uh, you've had the lions and since they've played the packers the week before and the week after they've scuffled a little bit i don't know if they're as good or if they're just kind of as cruise control goes i mean then you've got uh, quarterbacks going down trevor lawrence goes down with the ugly high ankle sprain joe burrow as we always know is out the rest of the season they've lost uh, their quarterback in, in indianapolis i mean they're playing this week so there's so many things to get into right now in the nfl though with what san francisco did to philadelphia and philadelphia now going into dallas how big is that turnaround between those three teams right now for the top spot in the uh, in the NFC? It's massive. I mean, this is a critical test now for the Philadelphia Eagles to come off of that game 
Now you've got to go to Dallas, and the door is open now for the Cowboys to take over in the East. You know, if the Cowboys win this game, they're in first place in the East thanks to tiebreakers. Now, there's also a scenario where, you know, Dallas wins this game Sunday night. The two teams win out the rest of their games. That would see Philadelphia creep back into the first spot in the East thanks to tiebreakers and, I think, conference play. But the door is now open for Dallas. And so that's obviously a critical game. But I think we have to talk about the 49ers right now because as far as statement games go, that was it. To come into Philadelphia after all that was said and all the talk that we've heard from that 49ers team since that NFC Championship game about, well, if Purdy was healthy, we would have won. And if this had happened, we would have won. To back that up and not just win this game, but win going away, win in absolute convincing fashion, you talk about the NFC, where things stand. Those are the three teams. And look what San Francisco has done to both of those teams this year. They, they blew out the Cowboys earlier this year. Now they've blown out the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe they don't end up first in the NFC, but it doesn't matter because they, can, they proved Sunday that they can go into a place like Philadelphia and beat a team like that in convincing fashion on the road. They seem like a team right now that will line up anywhere, play anyone, and play extremely good football against them. Now, there's still a lot of football left to be played, but that was as convincing of a win as it has been basically since they did it to Dallas. And so the 49ers are scary. The addition of Chase Young has made them so formidable up front. They have the weapons that we've talked about all season long. And, yes, Brock Purdy is playing extremely good football right now. They are, in my mind, even though they're not in the top spot of the NFC, right now they're the team to beat in the conference. It's hard to believe that that team, which has now won four straight, lost three straight going into the bye. You know what I mean? It's hard to believe that they got beat. It's very confusing. It's been a confusing year. And, you know, that that team that we saw this past Sunday was not the team that, like you said, lost three straight games. I mean, there was a brief moment in time where with those three losses going into the bye, we were wondering, okay, are they going to collapse? Like, is this going to spin wildly out of control? No. Absolutely not. They, they've more than just righted the ship. They've righted the ship and driven it anywhere they want to put it right now. They, they've been very impressive recently. They were certainly impressive this past week. And it's hard to see them slowing down. Again, a lot of football left to be played. Lots of things can happen. But right now, they look so impressive. Then you go to the uh, opposite side. By the way, we're talking with Mark Schofield of SB Nation. You can find his stuff there. Uh, you've got over in the AFC, you know, it's kind of a you, – you always figured it was Kansas City's, you know, conference to lose. And now they've lost four games on the season. Miami's 9-3. and three. Pittsburgh is uh, hanging around for whatever reason, but they're not that good. Baltimore's good at 9-3. and three. Uh, The Jacksonville Jaguars are good at 8-4. and four, But I don't know how long you're going to see Trevor Lawrence that's down. And it's just it, – I look at this right, and Denver's been on the come for a while, even though they lost last week. Who's the best team over in the AFC right now? I don't know. I mean, I think you could probably make a case for a number of different teams. I mean, I, I think you could probably make a case for the Baltimore Ravens, given what they can do on both sides of the ball, given the way that they've been able to scheme up pressure with Mike McDonald, their defensive coordinator, to get after you. I think you can look at the Miami Dolphins and say, okay, well, that's the most explosive offense in football. And while he might not win it, Tyreek Hill certainly has a case for some MVP votes and looks to be on track and is on pace to break the all-time receiving yardage 
record and with what they can do on offense. They're so tough to defend. They can put you in a bind. And those two teams play in a couple of weeks, and that's going to be obviously a fascinating game to watch, both in terms of AFC playoff pitcher as well as just the X's and O's that we're going to see on the field in that game. The Chiefs are just hard to figure out because you would think most years you've got Patrick Mahomes, you've got Travis Kelsey, you're going to be okay. And especially this season, it seems like their defense has taken a big step forward as compared to years past when it was, you know, put up points in bunches and hope the defense does enough. The defense is holding up their end of the bargain right now, but the offense seems to be out of sync. They don't have receivers that can win sort of over the middle other than Travis Kelsey. They've got a lot of receivers who can sort of win on the outside and win manufactured touches. But, you know, when you've got the ability as a defense to sort of bracket or double Travis Kelsey, and then you know you don't have to worry about anybody else in the middle of the field and you can focus your attention outside, it makes things easier. So they have some questions to answer on the offensive side of the ball, which is not something we're used to saying about this Chiefs team. Jacksonville seemed like they could have made a run here, and had they won Monday night, they would have been in the top spot in the AFC due to tiebreakers. Now you not only have the loss, which drops you down to fourth in the conference, but you've got the high ankle sprain for Trevor Lawrence. And their next two games, Bill, Cleveland and Baltimore, two teams that can get after the quarterback. And if Lawrence can't move back there, that's going to be a tough ask for them. We've gone to thinking that maybe Jacksonville could be the top seeds. Now wondering, hey, the Colts, the Texans, they're coming. Could Jacksonville potentially slip out of the playoffs? And so I think it's between Miami and Baltimore right now, but a lot of these teams have more questions than answers. You got the Bills who have been up and down all season long. Big game. They're going into Kansas City. Kansas City coming off of the launch to the, to the Packers. The Bills, they have their own issues because they have not been able to put, uh, put it on track consistently this year. And now Von Miller's got the legal issues where they're you know kind of a team distraction, so to speak, with a domestic violence charge. Talk about the importance of this game, not so much for, for Kansas City, because I still believe Kansas City is going to be there and they're going to be okay. But how big of a game is this for the Bills? It's a massive game for the Bills. I mean, beyond the sort of, you know, this is the Bills-Chiefs, it's becoming one of the game's better rivalries, you've got two teams ahead of you right now in the standings in Houston and Denver. Like, you can't afford to be losing games. You can't afford to be in a situation with the season winding down, waiting any longer to make your move. It has to start right now because – you know, Buffalo's got a very interesting schedule down the stretch. This game is obviously critical um, for their playoff standings and, and the playoff picture, but you've got to get ahead of teams, and it doesn't get easier after this week. You've got Dallas the following week, and so you can't be giving games away. Yes, they've got some favorable games down the stretch. They've got, you know, the Patriots, who seem to be scuffling, obviously, but you get Chargers. Okay, you could probably win that game. You close out with Miami down in Miami, which has been a tough place for place, place for teams to play at that point in the season, particularly a Northeastern team coming down to Miami with the weather you're going to be encountering. Those are three very tough games left on their schedule, the Chiefs this week, the Cowboys and the Dolphins, and they need wins because you've got to keep pace with some teams ahead of you. You drop this, your chances of making the playoffs take a huge hit. They need a win this weekend against a team that – also needs to win and is looking to come back off of a loss in their playing. Like, this is a massive game for Buffalo. Uh, and you talk about the, the the Patriots. You mentioned them. Now, the Steelers are 7-5. and five. Kenny Pickett goes down, needs surgery on a high ankle sprain. So they're with a backup quarterback. Their offense isn't very good. They fire their offensive coordinator. It seems to have gotten a little better play calling-wise, but then they lose their quarterback. But they're taking on a terrible team 
in the Patriots coming up on Thursday night. Two storied, uh, you know, ma- uh, you know, uh, head coaches as well. Should we be talking more and more about Bill Belichick and what the rest of his career is going to look like? I got to think at the end of the season, Robert Kraft has a conversation that says either you give up the GM duties or I got to let you go. Yeah, I mean, I think that conversation is coming, and I, I would imagine that Bill Belichick, sort of from the Parcells school of, you want me to cook dinner, let me buy the groceries, is not going to be taken kindly to that suggestion that he give up the GM duties. You know, this is a Patriots team that has lost three straight games despite allowing 10 or fewer points. That's the first time that's happened since 1938. I mean, this is the kind of year we're having in New England. This is a team that cannot get anything done on offense right now. Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, Malik Cunningham, Will Greer, doesn't matter. They can't do anything on offense. And it starts with missing on the quarterback. And it seems like that's what they did with Mac Jones. And it gets to your point of Bill Belichick, the general manager. When you've missed on the quarterback pick, like it seems they've done with Mac Jones, when you miss on an entire draft, I mean, their entire 2019 draft class is not with the organization. And a lot of those players aren't even in football right now. That's going to set you back years. And that bill has now come due for Belichick in New England. Now, maybe the conversation goes along the lines of, okay, look, I'll, I'll give up GM duties. Or maybe the conversation goes along, you can keep GM duties. But if we're picking one, if we're picking two, none of this trade back stuff, none of this, you know, give up the pick or draft an offensive tackle, get the quarterback. Whether it's Drake May or Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels, whoever you like, get your quarterback at one or two and you can keep that GM title. Maybe that's the way this goes. But a hard conversation between Bill and Robert is coming soon. I look at because I know Bill Belichick wants that record. And if that's the reason you're staying in coaching, then you probably shouldn't be coaching. However, it's at least three years away from him getting the record. You would assume unless he just rolls the table in a couple, whatever he does over the next two years, it's at least three years, four years away. That's going to put him at 75 years old. I, I I can't see that. I can't see guys coming into the league at 20 years old, 21, 22, 23, looking at a guy at 75 going, oh, yeah, this guy's got my attention. Yeah, it, it's hard to imagine that. And it's not as if this was the Patriots organization, say, six years ago, where he could put his hand on the desk in front while meeting with a player and have a bunch of Super Bowl rings to show off. That's a bit more in the past now. This isn't the same Patriots organization. And the big draw of those years was not just the winning, but the quarterback. And you don't have the ability to go into a free agent's, you know, a free agent pitch or even talk to a draft prospect and say, hey, you're going to get a chance to play with Tom Brady. You know, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered in New England. And I think you're right. He does want to set that record, but they got a long road to climb out of here. And even if they get all their decisions right, it might take three, four years. You know, maybe we see him set that record, but somewhere else. I mean, as I said, there are some hard conversations coming. And right now it's hard to see him in New England next year, absent some major changes that he agrees to. You look at, real quick before I let you go, you look at the MVP race. C.J. Stroud is going to be the rookie of the year. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but he could be in the consideration for an MVP. Brock Purdy is getting a lot of attention. Lamar Jackson's getting a lot of attention. Should Tariq Hill and what he's doing be getting a lot of attention? I think so. I I think so because we all know that MVP has become sort of a de facto QB award. But you look at, you know, a lot of the quarterbacks that are sort of in the mix for it, 
you know, there's pros and cons for them, whether it's sort of Jalen Hurts and a lot of his production is coming, you know, via the run game and, and the brotherly shove or whatever you want to call that play. You look at Brock Purdy, and yes, he's certainly running that offense extremely well and has elevated that 49ers offense beyond what it was with Garoppolo, but he got a lot of help around him. And then you look at what Tyreek Hill does, both with the football and without, because there are times when he creates opportunities for teammates because he's got a safety over the top or he's getting double covered. And there are, it's, he's creating so many explosive plays for that team this year. If Miami goes on, to be the top seed of the AFC. I don't know if he'll win it, but he should certainly get a ton of votes. Always great to talk to you, Mark. I appreciate it. It's going to be a hell of a weekend in the NFL, and I'm looking forward to next week already, pal. I appreciate it. As am I, Bill. Always a blast. Thanks so much. Enjoy the games this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. There you go. Mark Schofield, SB Nation, joining us for a couple of minutes. And uh, love. I just love talking NFL, just getting his, picking his brain. Picking his brain. Really, really good stuff. Just love picking his brain. Good, good, good. It's it's always fun. Always fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard about it. I know that uh, they're posting it all over the place. Aaron Rodgers uh, calling whoever talked about the Zach Wilson stuff in the Jets locker room chicken stuff. Um, on one hand, it's, uh, you know, makes for great talk. On the other hand, uh, it's like, who cares? It's just Aaron again, you know, acting tough and being tough and talking about, you know, what he wants and you know, don't forget they've released Tim Boyle. You've had a healthy scratch from Alan Lazard. Cobb isn't really contributing too much. Billy Turner's not getting a job done over there. You know, it just everything Aaron wanted. Uh, Jets fans have pretty much had it with him unless he comes back and just takes that team to a, a Super Bowl. And then some of the uh, some of the discussion about him playing and not playing. I it's it's I I I just sit back and smile because they're dealing with a lot of the same crap that we did. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, 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 I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. <laughs> Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 
whether it's a snowmobile, a uh, pickup truck, uh, Packers Pro Shop gift cards. I mean, they got everything at Quick Trip. Use your Quick Rewards card and just keep earning those points, man. You can do so much at Quick Trip and so much to get in on. And check out our friends at Quick Trip. I love them. You know that. Talk about them all the time. And when you're not in the state of Wisconsin, you miss them like crazy. But whether it's bread, milk, butter, eggs, whatever it happens to be, or the beer cave, or snacks, or hot food, cold food, just stop it in there to get a cup of coffee. It's always great, always friendly, and as they say, we'll see you next time. And that's Quick Trip. Quick Trip, just tremendous, tremendous asset. And thanks for being a part of the uh, part of the show. Um, so going back to we were talking Packers, um, obviously coming into the uh, the break, but. You know, there's Aaron Rodgers talking about the leaks to the media. And, and, you know, I I don't really want to get into that too much. Here's the thing. And, Grant, you tell me if I'm missing a mark on this. We could talk about Aaron Rodgers, and it's a huge ratings boom. The minute you start mentioning his name, we could talk about him, and people go crazy. Some people say, I don't want to hear about him. He's not here. Others will just, you can't get enough of it, okay? That's the reason he's on the McAfee show, and that's the reason McAfee has the ratings he does on Tuesdays. But... It's it's I sit back when I watched part of that yesterday and some of the highlights today where he's going after somebody in that locker room leaked the fact. And what this comes from is, for those that don't know, that Zach Wilson is now being again approached as the starting quarterback. And, and the rumor is that he doesn't want to be the starting quarterback like it's ran its course. He's tired of taking the abuse, and whatever happens, it it seems to be his fault. the 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 New York media has beat him up enough. He's he's crying uncle. He's like, I'm I'm done. I don't want to be the starting quarterback. At least that's the issue. At least that was what was reported. So Rogers on the Pat McAfee show said that's a problem with the organization. We need to get to the bottom of whatever or wherever this is coming from and put a stop to it privately because there's no place in a winning culture where, and this is the only time, there's been a bunch of other leaks. The only time since he's been there. But this is the kind of stuff that happens there. And, you know, Rogers, uh, you know, talked about, you know, sources saying Wilson, who was benched a couple of weeks ago, is reluctant to play again because he's perceived to be an injury risk and his perceived injury risk being behind that offensive line and therefore he's quitting on the team and blah, 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 whatever. But who cares? You know, I get it. It's as the world turns in Aaron Rodgers' world and in, the, the, you know, the New York Jets' world. But, you know, Rodgers said, I think it's chicken blank at its core, and I think it has no place in a winning organization. Now, he doesn't even know if it's a player. He just says it's in the organization. Other than that, I don't care. Who cares? You know, I am I missing the boat on this, Grant? I don't think you're missing the boat. I think everybody probably views Aaron Rodgers now differently. I like following along with this stuff because I think it's interesting, right? Like Rodgers is interesting and what's going on with the Jets right. is interesting. So I like sometimes on my drive home at night, I'll find a clip from WFAN or the Yes Network or, you know, see what they're saying. I think it's interesting. I understand why others wouldn't feel that way. I think the funny part of that Rodgers quote that you read, Bill, there's no place in a winning organization for this. Hello? Hello? You right. played for the Jets. <laughs> you played for the Jets. Of course. Right. Of course. Oh well, God. he and I get it because he has looked at it as the savior. They went all in on him. 
They did everything he wanted. Every guy that he kind of said, oh, it's not a list, but wink, it's, an, it's a list. They got every player, which has turned out to be crap, you know, which is the same crap that, that the Packers I, – I sit back and watch it because this, it, it, it's the old adage of when people say this all the time being it's not my problem or not my circus, not my monkeys, whatever. It's not my circus. I don't mind watching a circus, but it's not my circus anymore. Yes. It's it's you don't have to put up with the the crap. Uh I do I I mean I appreciate the fact that he's trying to stick up for his guy, the guy that he tried to give a a public rec- reclamation to. He says, uh quote, I tell you I'll tell you that I love the kid and I've spent a lot of time with him. I think he's an amazing young man. Uh he's gone through a lot of blank in the last three years. He's got every right to be frustrated and disappointed about it. I think he's done a good job of standing up and taking accountability this year, and that's what he's had to do. Uh the report is basically saying that the kid is quitting on the team and doesn't want to play and has given the middle finger to the organization. Now listen, I don't want to speak for him because he's gonna get that chance to speak this week, and I'm going to let him speak. But and and that's right. That that's he's saying all the right things. But him saying, I think it's chicken blank, and talking about winning organizations and how he's changed the culture, they're not winning anything. You haven't changed anything. You haven't done anything. You showed your wares in training camp. You showed off a little bit for the cameras for hard knocks, but that Jets team hasn't done anything. They're a four-win, craptastic, haven't-fixed-the-offensive-line football team at best, so this whole thing about, well, winning culture, this isn't a winning culture. It's the Jets, it's a circus, and all you are now is the new ringmaster. That's it. And I love watching it. It's fun when it's not our circus. Like, that's why right. I find this interesting. When it was our circus, it was exhausting. Now it's just, it's like a soap opera. It's like, well, I, right. it's not my soap opera, but it's it's still entertaining to follow. She went on some some New York platforms. I found this through Paul Andrew Esten who's actually, he's employed by the Jets. He's the Jets digital reporter. And she said, look, I was on this last week. Zach Wilson has been going around the building saying, I don't really want to do this. I don't want to go back in. He'd been open about it. And she said, the Jets know that I know. Zach Wilson knows that I know. And Aaron Rodgers, once again, has gone on television to refute a report that's accurate. Right. That's the thing. Rodgers didn't necessarily say this wasn't true. He just said it was chicken blank because it it makes Zach Wilson look bad. Well, right. exactly. that's not the reporter's fault. You know what I mean? That's not the reporter's fault. Um, yep, and this is not the first time he's gone after a report that was true, but he doesn't like him getting out there. Yeah, well, well, that then talk to your own people. Don't you know? Don't don't rip the media for reporting what they heard. And and one more thing, I had uh, the TV on FS1 this morning because I think I had college basketball and whatever. Craig Carton does the morning show, and I don't really mm-hmm. love Craig Carton, but they were talking about the Jets, and he's really plugged in with the Jets. So I was listening, and he said that it's been a problem for a long time with the Jets, where players will come to New York when their career's really not going great or when they're kind of wrapping up with their career because they get to be around a a big uh, media presence. They get to build relationships with people in football media and kind of set themselves up for life after football if they want to go into broadcasting or or into some Mm -hmm. sort of media role. So this is a problem they have because there's a lot of loose lips in New York because there's a lot of players there that are just trying to set themselves up for for future connections with the media. So that's never something that I heard about. That was interesting. And there's a lot of aggressive reporting that goes on in New York. It's not to say that it doesn't go on anywhere else. It's just there's more entities to do it. You know, Chicago does it to a certain extent, but New York has more more entities to be able to 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 you know supply reporters, so to speak, because there's so many outlets, not just the big ones, but the smaller ones as well. There's so many people that have 
an outlet and have a platform to get information and to build those rela- I agree with you to build those relationships. It's not about them being more aggressive. It's about them. They're more aggressive to a certain extent, but there's just so many more of them. Uh, let's do this. We're a little bit late for a break. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Got a lot more to get to. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up, and it's coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hear that? It's the sound of a winning December at Potawatomi. Play with your club card December 7th, 14th, and 21st. The more you play, the bigger your share of 400000 in reindeer rewards. And like a classic Midwest winter, the winds can really pile up. Dash to Potawatomi Casino Hotel, Milwaukee for your reindeer rewards. 400 grand worth. Learn more at DaysBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Check out our guys at every plumbing and heating serving La Crosse and Trempolo and Monroe and Vernon and Jackson counties. Third generation, as a matter of fact. If you're looking for a job as an experienced electrician, plumber, give them a call. 608-783-2803. 608-783-2803. But uh, if you uh, have a water heater, water softening system, uh, they can do in-floor heating, they can do garage heating, uh, and they can come out, obviously, and inspect your, you know, your furnace or your boiler, whatever it is you have. So all of that right now, I'm sure, is a premium. And re- they remind you also, too, if you haven't done it already, we know the colder weather is coming. Man, drain the spigots outside. Drain them. You don't want to have one of those pipes burst, and then when you turn that thing on, come springtime, shh, water's everywhere inside the house. So Make sure you drain those things as well, as well if you haven't done that already. They say they see a ton of that every year where a pipe will burst, and it's all because somebody didn't even either unhook the hose bib or they left water in the pipe, didn't shut it off on the inside. Next thing you know, boom, blown up. So uh, Craig Every and all the whole gang at Every Plumbing and Heating call on 608-783-2803. And on Alaska is where they're at, but they serve La Crosse and Trempolo, Vernon, Monroe, Jackson Counties. Been out there for a long, long, long time. Very trustworthy. Great people. That's every plumbing and heating. Uh, by the way, speaking of former uh, formers for the Green Bay Packers, Mike McCarthy uh, going to the hospital. He is getting an, he had an appendicitis this morning. He started having uh, abdominal pain, and after the examination, they found he was having an acute appendicitis. He is scheduled for surgery. I he might be even getting it right now. But uh, he uh, is going to have the surgery. He'll be, barring any kind of a, a problem, he's then going to be home. And he is anticipating coaching against the Eagles coming up on Sunday night. But Mike McCarthy with an appendicitis. You ever had an appendicitis, Grant? No, I would like to keep it that way. Uh, yeah, I know. Me too. Not something that I've dealt with. Mike McCarthy, football I, guy for coaching through this. Yeah. Um, my son had an appendicitis. I've never had one. I had a kidney stone, and they say those are much, much worse. But I, I don't know what an appendicitis would even feel like. I would also like to but, avoid a kidney stone, uh, uh, just oh, for the record. Let the record show. Yeah. I and, Yeah. And, and the kidney stones, there's not much you can do for that unless they, they used to go in and they used to, like, blast them out, like turn them, pulverize them. And they don't really do that a lot anymore because sometimes they say, at least what the doctor told me when I had mine was that, they, they bust the stone up so bad 
that it becomes shard, very sharp, and it's like terrible passing all of that stone in shards rather than just the one big stone. I mean, I don't know. I couldn't tell you, but I, I just know that when mine finally passed, it was, uh, oh, mama. I felt like Kramer in a good Seinfeld. Uh, Jason said, I had one burst, burst open. He said, yeah, it sucked. I, I can't imagine. Can't imagine. Uh, Ryan says, if Rodgers cannot finish this or can finish the season next year, how good will they actually be really? That offensive line is going to kill him, and he probably is going to hang it up after next year's season anyway if they can't protect him. Um, yeah, I, I mean, God, it, it's – they have – I don't know what their, their cap room looks like. Somebody tell me because I have not taken a look at it because I really – again, I really don't care. But the bottom line is – their offensive line stinks, and I don't think they have much money to go out and buy a new offensive line for Aaron Rodgers. So I, I don't know what what that is. I, I don't. I don't. I couldn't tell you. You know, again, it's you know, hey, I I want to come. I want to be a part of your organization. This is the amount of money I'm making, and this is what I need to be paid. And sure enough, you know, you you're gonna you're gonna fail in some particular area. And that's that's why, you know, because like this year, uh, Rodgers wasn't even the highest paid guy. Zach Wilson made more money than Aaron Rodgers, I think, this season. I, I, I'm not positive with that. I don't, I, maybe it's because he's not even on the roster right now. Maybe they're not even listing him because I'm trying to look. But going into 2024, and that, that statement is probably wrong, but going into 2024, Aaron Rodgers is slated to make $17.1 million. So next year, a relatively easy cap number. Their estimated cap space right now, before anybody that they cut loose or what have you, is an estimated $15 million, which you can really kind of drive that price up. You can make some money on that. Uh, and you can probably add a few more pieces and, and be pretty good if you decide to go after a couple of players. The year after that, the year after that, Aaron Rodgers makes $51.5 million. $51.5 million. Now, the dead cap space, if they would cut them loose or whatever, would be $49 million. So you'd only gain, what, $2.5 bucks if you decided to cut them loose after that. $51 million for Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. $51 million. And then... On the mutual option year, which is 2026, he makes $35 million again. So, <laughs> man, that's uh, he's got a lot of money coming in his direction. I don't care who you are. And there's only so much money to go around. They're going to need they're going to need some offensive line help, uh, at least one or two guys to anchor. And I don't think you're going to be able to get unless now this is. You're ahead of me, Mark, and you're you're going right down the right path. Unless, do you know what's going to happen at the end of the season, Grant? I do not. Okay. This is where we go with this. This is what's going to happen. You are going to see David Bakhtiari, who has made a lot of money in Green Bay, Ooh. come back from a reclamation project, get cut by the Green Bay Packers. So he's going to get money. He's going to get his pay. And he'll sign a really low-end deal with a questionable knee to come back and play left tackle for the New York Jets. 
you can almost see the writing on the wall. If he's able to play, you can see that happening because he's had a whole year off of football to rehab that knee. And he's not even with the team. So we'll see if he even just, you know, he's not coming back with the Packers. But if he's still got any ability to play, we all know where he's going because the biggest need right now for the New York Jets is offensive line, especially with Rodgers coming back. I can see Rodgers and he being reunited, him getting a five, six, seven million dollar deal to go in there for two years, two years, twelve million guaranteed or something, fourteen million guaranteed, and just say, "Hey, I just want to get the last few years of my, my, you know, my playing days, my ability, and uh, and riding off into the sunset." So, I you can almost see it happening unless there is something physically that just does not allow him to play football anymore, which is possible. I think we can all say that safely they're going to upgrade their offensive line, at least at the left tackle position next year, seemingly, by bringing in David Bakhtiari. Do you think the Jets front office would be a little skeptical of guys that Aaron wants to bring in after how this last year went? God, yeah. But they're Aaron's guys, and Aaron wasn't there. So they're going to say, well, those guys play better because of Aaron because they're on the same page. But this whole thing about let Cobby coach him up, let Allen coach him up. They can learn from these guys. No. The, he's on the same light wavelength with those guys, but nobody else is. Nobody else is. They're not overwhelmingly dynamic players. You know, Charles Woodson got respect for teaching the younger guys because it was Charles Woodson. He was on his way to Hall of Fame career. Cobb, Lazard, none of those guys are. They're just dudes. That's it. I've, I've said all along, I like Allen Lazard. He was a good guy, but he was nothing more than a dude. He'd be a third stringer, fourth stringer on most teams, and now he's he's been a healthy scratch. Because they didn't like his work ethic, they didn't like what he was what he was doing, and said you either up your game or you're gone. So, <laughs> no, I. But if you bring in a guy that's been a bona fide Pro Bowler, and he says, "Look, I this is the healthiest I've been, and I feel great, no problems at all." You let your guy inspect him. You get let your doc take a look at him, and then you say, "Okay, maybe we'll give you a minimum deal based loaded with incentives." Sure. Games played and all that kind of stuff. Maybe he just but needed I, one year off to rehab because two of the last three years wasn't enough. Maybe it was this third year that he needed to miss right. while getting paid all this money by the Okay, so it was the third year. I'm going to mark that down. That's was, yeah, that's the it ticket. Was probably the third year. Yeah. So I, but I think you know if that knee is anywhere near healthy, book it. That guy is going to end up in New York, and they're going to begin with him, and then they'll find another guard or somewhere somebody else along the way to solidify that line. And you may see. One or two guys from Green Bay that just aren't cutting the mustard that find them find their way over to over to New York, and suddenly it's you know the New York Packers all over again. But yeah, I get, book it now; you can see it happening. Absolutely. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, 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 I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. 
That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now. Pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 12-31-2020. Good to have you back. Good Friday, or excuse me, good Wednesday. I'm ahead of myself. I'm off on Friday. You know that, right, Grant? I was going to say, let me mark that down real quick. Yeah, yeah I, I, know. I know that. Yep. Okay. Right there. I, in my- I thought so. But I want to make sure. Hey, uh, tonight, Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill, uh, you can still listen to the huddle if you go out there, but uh, tonight, they got a lot of good stuff going on. Last week, they gave away $1,788 in cash and prizes last week. Plus, tonight, they got Bucks tickets, Admirals tickets to give away. It all starts 7 o'clock tonight. They have got uh, bingo tonight. And in addition to that, uh, the tickets and food and such. So, uh, 7 o'clock tonight, uh, they've got bingo and a whole lot more uh, gets underway. They've got uh, all kinds of different specials tonight as well. Uh, they have pints, they have bottles, they have tall boys, all of that kind of good stuff over there at uh, uh, with uh, Ryan and his staff over there at uh, Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill right on Pewaukee Lake. And it's still, you know, still uh, always a fantastic time to head out. And if you haven't been there, it's kind of like going into a big log cabin. It's really cool. But uh, they have really good food and they're giving away a bunch of stuff tonight with bingo. So head on over. Head on over to Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill and uh, and check it out. Um, my Chan says a love versus Rogers would be a great headline. The Packers play the Jets next year. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they play the AFC East. East. I think then, well, no, I, I think the way that it works and I'll, I'll look this up just to make sure, but I think the way that it works is they're scheduled to play one opponent from the East and it will be the opponent that matches up. So if the Packers get third place, they'll play the third place team in the East. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? So yeah. I think the Jets and the Packers would have to link up, which if the Jets yeah. get like second in the division, which is looking like that's maybe what the Packers will get, then they would play. Yeah. Right. I I would love to see it. I'd love to see it myself, but, you know, I, I and and then it would be where. Can you imagine what it would be like for Aaron Rodgers to have to come back to Lambeau Field and face Jordan Love? With all the stuff that's been said, I, I, you have to appreciate what he's done for the organization. And, and really, he, he never did anything illegal. He was never, you know, he always played, played hard. He always played to win, for the most part. We believe that. Um, he, he brought a title to Titletown. I mean, it, five NFC Championship games. I mean, it's just the accolades go on and on and on. But just with the attitude and the backhanded slaps when he left. You just wonder how fans would receive all of that if he comes running out of the tunnel at Lambeau Field next year. So the Packers would play the team that matches them in the AFC East, and it will be at Lambeau next year. So there's a possibility yeah. that it could happen. It depends on how the divisions shake out. 
right? That would be I, – I would enjoy that. That there be that would be the one that when the schedule comes out, you just circle it. Can't imagine there being a ticket available for that thing. That You would just circle that. That's I, I don't know if that would be as big as Favre coming back as a Minnesota Viking. Because you had Rodgers. You knew how good Rodgers was. And it was obviously two years. It was, it was the year after the year that Favre left because Favre went to New York and then to Minnesota. So it would be a very similar circumstance. It's just it's not a divisional rival. Rodgers, and he's not even in the conference. It's go, he's, going, he's gone over to the AFC. But it would be a meaningful game in the sense of Rodgers returning. But when Favre came back, not only did Favre come back, but he came back with the intent of winning the division, knocking the Packers out of it, whooping your ass, and he wanted to F you at Lambeau Field. I mean, not his words, not mine. Because I remember him running off the field, down the tunnel, and his friends and people were there, and we effing did it, we effing did it, you know. Oh, yeah. So it, it was he was hell-bent on the revenge at the time. Rodgers, eh. I don't know if he's hell-bent on the revenge, but it would certainly make for for great fodder coming into that game. That being said, we still got this year to deal with, and the Packers, they're still on their quest to get themselves into the postseason. Big game coming up on Monday night. Can they sustain? Can they be the team that is on the bye? You know, Mike uh, uh, Dable right now. Uh, also, I don't know if Dable's even on the hot seat, but, man, that team is just awful. But can they rally for the last five weeks of the season? and make something of their season. Meanwhile, the Packers are trying to effort towards the postseason. So we've got more, more to talk about when we come back. Another hour yet to go. Great stuff today. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.